Hi, I'm Amber Harper, host of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Be sure to check out our other podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, Leaders of Learning, welcome to episode 37 of the podcast. I apologize if I sound a little under the weather. Um, Wintertime, I'm getting over something, but I'm doing okay. Anyway, this is a really great episode, and I think that what makes it great is one of the things that I know that we've discussed on this show throughout the first 36 episodes, but maybe not in a way that it was really clear is that aspect of being reflective as an educator. My guest on this episode, Ryan McHale, hosts a podcast and has a website called Pondering Education. And what I love about that brand and this interview that I did with Ryan is that he shares that sometimes as an educator, you might not feel like an expert. Uh, He actually used the term imposter syndrome and that That's okay. It's okay not to know all the answers, not to be the the go-to person to be able to solve problems, but as long as we're being reflective and thinking about issues in education or thinking about ways that we as individual educators can improve education, then that's sort of step one in the process of improving and changing. So I really enjoyed my interview with Ryan. He and I have gotten to know each other a little bit as not only podcasters, but also we've met up in person at last year's ASCD Empower Conference. Hopefully we'll get to again this year in March in Chicago at ASCD Empower 19. But we had a great conversation and I can't wait for you to listen to it. So here it is. Guys, I am very excited to bring on my next guest. The guest for this episode is the one and only host of Pondering Education podcast and uh, just the amazing Pondering Education brand, Ryan McHale. Ryan, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm awesome, Dan. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for coming on, giving us some time here. Of course, if you could, uh, in case anyone does not know you yet, please introduce yourself. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Well, uh, my name is Ryan McHale and uh, hosting a, the Pondering Education podcast uh, for the past year. Uh, I am an eighth grade ELA teacher out in Massachusetts. Uh, in addition to that, I am a curriculum coordinator for my building as well as the uh, GSA advisor and uh, always keeping busy. I'm a doctorate student with the University of New England uh, trying to get my uh, ED in uh, the next 12 months or so. So every day is a busy day, but this uh, this work is important and I love it and uh, really excited about where things are headed. Man, it's crazy. I think we knew this about each other already, but just how much we have in common. Uh, and we were even talking off the air before we hit record about how similar some of our family things are. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I spent several years in the eighth grade ELA classroom myself uh, and working on my doctorate as well. And we're probably, if you have a 
if you're trying to finish somewhere in the next 12 months, we're probably roughly like neck and neck in terms of the race to, to get there. So anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, it's now, exhausting though, huh? Oh my God, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. We could talk all night about that. Um, so Pondering Education uh, it's, it's a, it's a blog. It's a, it's a podcast. It's like, it's become a, a full brand, which is, I think is awesome. And if you don't know this about me already, I'm a, I'm a really big fan. I really am. Thank um, you. I, I've heard you mention in the past that you had like a blog that was about fatherhood and then that sort of turned into the pondering education. Like talk about that for a minute. How did this whole thing get started? Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I love to write. And so I started a blog just for fun about fatherhood and, and how crazy life was getting. And it started out as the pondering father. And uh, the blog w- was so much fun. And I enjoyed doing that. And that went into podcasting and did a, a handful of shows and had some great guests on there. I had um, Stephen Kellogg, who was an amazing uh, musician and husband and father, and he came on and that was just a blast. Um, what I found difficult was you know, doing a podcast all the time on parenting. There's so much that you can say and it can go in all these different directions that it's kind of hard to maintain you know, momentum and keep an audience because there's just so much out there. Uh, so I, I fell in love with, with everything about the podcasting and I wanted to keep doing it, but I wanted to go into something that I, I felt like I could really impact you know, um, some kind of area of society. And I just thought about teaching and I thought about education and it's what I love. Uh, and as much as I love parenting, of course, uh, you know, I, I felt that going in the education route would probably be uh, for the best. And, and I like the separation, to be honest, too, about the, the family life and the work life. And, um, and so I started the podcast and didn't really know where it was going to go. And I didn't know how, how to grow an audience. I didn't know, you know much of anything. And I realized that you know maybe the, the best thing to do is try to get a guest or two that is pretty well known in education. And I reached out to Todd Nisloni, who co-wrote uh, Kids Deserve It, and Joe Dombrowski, who is you know Mr. D on The Ellen Show. And I reached out to those two uh, amazing educators, and I asked them if they would be part of an opening weekend of shows. And within an hour, they both responded with yes. And before I knew it, I had them on the show, and it just took off. And it's been so much fun. And a uh, a lot of work has been you know very busy but if i'm doing a sm- even the smallest uh, bit of good for education then i'm going to keep doing it yeah that's that's awesome and again so many things we have in common i actually uh got into i guess creating content if you will way back when when i was becoming a parent and a father for the first time and i started blogging and i don't quite remember what i called it but something about becoming a first time dad and i i sort of um, created this series of blog posts that were like letters to my unborn son before he before oh, uh, he was actually yeah. born. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And that, that was sort of my first foray into, like I said, creating content and blogging. And then uh, when I came back into it in the education space, I started up, you know, leader of learning was was my blog title and, and leader of learning.com was the domain that I went with. And then that, that spawned into the, the podcast. Um, anyway, so uh, keeping in with this theme of like all these things we have in common, I think one of the things that, that actually um, are, is similar between us is that there are so many areas that 
uh, we focus on, let's say, to improve education. Um, and I know for you, it's everything from equity to literacy and and pre-service teachers, all these things. Like what I guess my first question is, what drives you? What 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 puts that in you? What what where does that passion come from? Honestly, for me, it is very personal in terms of me as a student growing up. I was very introverted, uh, very shy, very quiet, and um, victimized a bit by bullying. And uh, one of the things that I always remember is that I never felt like I had an adult in the building, a teacher, an administrator, a guidance counselor, uh, who I could go to for help and uh, to help me through kind of the, the rough years. And as I go into teaching and I consider everything that I've been through, you know, the thing that drives me is making sure that there's no kid that feels the way that I did growing up. I don't want any student in the building feeling like there's no one that they can go to. Uh, Middle school is rough. High school is rough. And, and, you know, you need an outlet. You need someone to be able to go to. And I never had that. And, And so I really strive to be that person uh, for all the kids in my building. And the message that I really try to get out uh, to everyone through the podcast, through the blog, is the the importance of connection with students and building those relationships. And that's where that equity piece comes in as well, making sure that everybody feels welcome in the classroom and in any kind of setting with the literature and um, classroom discussions. And if I can do that, then I, I feel like um, doing what needs to be done for these kids. I appreciate that very much. I appreciate you uh, sharing that and, and opening up and being vulnerable and uh, just talking about some of your experiences and how that has led you as the, as an educator to to really step up in terms of being a role model. Um, let's get back to that equity piece for a minute. Now, um, whether it's racial equity or whether it's digital equity, I think this has become not that not I think I'm not the expert here, but I know just from being connected and being so in tune with um, as much as I can be what's happening in education. It's become such a big piece. Um, where are we going here with all the equity stuff? What do you think? Well, I, I think that it's important that this equity piece comes to the forefront of any discussion in education. Uh, I, I worry sometimes that we are very quick to present these almost buzzword type of situations. We talk about grit and we talk about growth mindset, um, social emotional learning. All of these things are vital and they're all important and no doubt can they work and benefit our students. However, if we're not providing an equitable and just education for every child in the building to begin with, None of those things can be successful. And I look at you know the racial piece. Look, there are, and I think this is where almost like the imposter syndrome comes in for me. And I wonder if like I'm even the the person to talk about these things. You know, there's a lot of white male educators out there that are saying what needs to be done in education. And I, I'm always hesitant to to always you know, give what I think should happen. What I really try to do is give issues that should be discussed. And so I think that's where like the pondering comes into play. And and I'm saying, look, here's an issue that definitely needs our attention. I don't have all the answers. I want to help. I want to be a part of the solution. What can we do to better ensure 
equity across the board for every single child, whether it's socioeconomic, racial, gender? Uh, what can we do? I want to be a part of the solution. I know I'm not going to have the solution, but I definitely think that that equity piece is going to be the driving force moving forward. And as soon as we can all get on that same page and we can solve this crisis of equity, then I think we move towards all those other pieces, all the other layers of growth mindset and the tech uh, interventions. And uh, I think we'll find success in all areas. But without that equity piece in in place, I'm always really uh, a little bit hesitant about everything else that is kind of the, the buzz terms in education. Yeah. And, and I hear you about the imposter syndrome thing. You know, I've, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about that before too. Um, I, I had a fairly recent episode of the Leader of Learning podcast with my friend Basil Marin, who uh, mm-hmm. fellow ASCD emerging leader, uh, educator or, or administrator, I should say, in, in Virginia and just doing amazing things. And yeah, he's, he's awesome. so big into the, the equity piece and uh, we had a great conversation about it, and and I sort of promised him that one of my ideas, uh, and maybe you could help me out with this at some point too, is to pull together like a, a big panel, not a big panel, but a small panel of of educators from all walks of life, all races, all uh, different positions in education. Just get everybody to to have a real honest, you know, conversation about that equity piece. Again, not even just racial equity, but digital equity, socioeconomic, everything. Uh, Cause I think, I think we really need that. And, and no matter, you know, no matter if you're white or black, Michael Jackson, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's important. It definitely is. And I, I am so with you when it's like, that's foundation, that's step number one. And then everything else is just layered on top of it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah for sure. The Leader of Learning Podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning Podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. Now, um, some of the other stuff you're interested in, I know, is uh, empowering and inspiring new and pre-service teachers. Let's get off the heavy equity piece for a second. What about your work with empowering and and inspiring these these new teachers, the the new the newbies who are full of energy and they're ready to take on the world? That has been kind of a, a recent thing for me over the last couple of months. I had the uh, the honor of uh, working with a pre-service teacher uh, doing their student student teaching um, the you know the past fall, and it was an amazing experience. It was amazing uh, to to use that time as not only helping someone else, but using it as reflection on my work and you know, what I'm doing and what I can improve upon, and then sharing that. Uh, with a, a newbie coming in and it just really kind of lit a fire in terms of if we can motivate new teachers to feel empowered to make change, be those agents of change right away, right off the bat, that's going to be great for so many children. Because I, I think that one of the problems we have in education is, is that a lot of new teachers play it safe and it's not their fault. It's being told to them that you know, oh, you have this great idea. Maybe you want to wait till you have that professional status. Or I don't know if I would say that unless you have tenure. Uh, that to me is not helping anyone. It's not helping that teacher. 
it's not helping those students. Uh, one thing that I said to the teacher I was working with, because she said the same thing about, well, should I wait the three years uh, before I suggest a change in curriculum or suggest a new novel? And I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I, I think about this. You have this idea now that is going to change the lives of students. You know, this book that you have in mind, the discussions you're going to have, you are going to make such an impact. If you wait three years, let's say you have 120 students a year, that's 360 kids that are going to go in and out of your classroom without getting that message. They deserve to hear that message. You have the message that you should be given. Go for it. Go for it right away. And, and so I'm looking at that as a way to also improve education. If we can do more for the pre-service teachers, for the new teachers coming in, and we can empower them to take risks and to take chances, knowing that the outcome can lead to tremendous growth for students, both academically and socially. We're going to see some great things happen over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, and there is something to be said about you know that excitement for um, a new unit, something that you just feel you know, deep within you that this is going to be the unit that is going to connect with the kids and it's going to allow you to deepen your relationship with the kids. Um, I had just you know, talked about on Twitter today, um, my experiences, I taught the hate you give uh, with my eighth graders uh, this year. And we just wrapped up. Uh, we looked at, we read the book and I'll tell you, I don't think I can recall ever reading a 450 page book in a class as fast as we did with the hate you give. Uh, the discussions that we had, it was just memorable for me and hopefully for all of them uh, and hearing what they had to say and you know they're they're changing worldviews and they're seeing things you know clearly in front of them now and they're they're talking about all these tremendous things and I look back and I said that was a chance I took now had I done that before I was tenured yeah I don't know if I would have and I and I think that's what drives me crazy and I'm like looking at the faces of these kids and hearing what they're saying and knowing that this was the right call that I made to bring this book in. Um, and then thinking about possibly not doing it had I been non-tenured. And that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I, I wonder if I did students a, a service, a disservice when I was a new teacher. And you know that kind well, of regret. Let's be honest, everybody does students a disservice. I think when you're a new <laughs> teacher, I always look back. I'm like, man, I feel so bad for those. Oh for, yeah. you know, kids I had first year, second year. Yeah, that's that's always I, rough. I mean, I'm always <laughs> like, I see kids now that I taught years ago. At what you're working at, you know, Shaw's and Star Market and the grocery stores, and they're just like, do you remember me in sixth grade? I'm like. Yeah, I certainly do. Do you uh, remember my class? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I just want to say sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, they're like, no, it was awesome. I'm like, well, I'm glad you thought so. Because, uh, I mean, even new teachers like, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. And it's not always going to go well. It's the same even now. You know, I've been doing this 10 years. And there are days that I'm like, wow, that was not how I saw that going. Um, and, but you, you push on, you keep going. Um and I, I think that you know, one of the things with, with some of the pre-service teaching and um, so even with social media right now, and I think about all the teachers leaving, the one thing that really concerns me is, you know, I, I do believe in the idea of toxic positivity. Um, the mm -hmm. one thing that, yeah. that I worry about seeing, you know, 
sometimes Twitter can be rainbows and sunshine um, and everything is positive and every picture of every classroom is like perfect and the kids are perfect and the teacher is perfect and uh, you look at it and you're like, oh, that's what I want for my room. And the reality is it's not always like that. Um, yeah, I think back to, to even parenting and taking pictures with my kids and I post pictures on Facebook. I'm like, do you think I post pictures of my kids having a tantrum? <laughs> you know, never do. I always post the best pictures on there and everyone's like, oh, your kids look so happy. I'm like, yeah, you should have saw them 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the truth is we put the best out there that people can see and they look at it. And I worry sometimes that for new teachers that it becomes an unrealistic expectation that that's how it's going to go. Um, there are bad days, but you know, you can, you can easily rationalize what, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, you, you can always find the good in something. Um, and so I do think we need to call attention to some of the things that, that might not be so great that new teachers will encounter and how to, uh, go about navigating those tough times. And I, I do think that could help a lot too moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Really good points. I, I, can't even say much more. I, I agree with everything really that you said. Um, all right. We're kind of running out of time. I know that there's a lot more in store for you uh, in the future, but but in the near future, I, I know that uh, you're working on some projects. You're, you're hitting the uh, EduConference presentation circuit again. So uh, tell us what you can, yeah. if you want, about things like your your presentation coming up at ASCD and Power 19, which I should be at. I think I'll be at. I'm not positive yet, but I should be. Um, but maybe a book that you're working on, you know, those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time and it's a great time. Uh, I, I'm really humbled. I'm really honored to be doing some of the things that I'll be doing. Uh, ASCD and Power is going to be a fantastic weekend in Chicago. Uh, going to be presenting on St. Patrick's Day on uh, working with introverted students, which you know, as I said earlier, that was me um, and feeling like I was alone in the classroom all the time. So it's going to be um, such a, a, I hope it's going to be um, a presentation that resonates with a lot of people in the audience and um, go back to their classrooms and, and really help those those kids find their voice. I'm also really, really uh, excited about a book that I'm writing, uh, which is going along the lines of what we're talking about with pre-service teachers uh, called Lead from Day One. And uh, got to finish the thing, but uh, aiming for an August release through EduMatch Publications. And uh, really, really honored uh, for the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, EduMatch has been just incredible and they saw the vision that I had for the the book and they really thought that it could do some good. Uh, and that's what I want to do. I just want to do good for the community and education. And if you know, a few people read the book and it helps them, then it was all worth it. So uh, continuing to, to write lead from day one. And uh, it's all about empowering new teachers, pre-service teachers, non-tenured teachers, non-professional status, career changers, uh, kind of going over the the things to to look out for, the things that you can do to become uh, a teacher leader right away. You know, there's no rule that says you need to wait. You, know, you can be 
the teacher that your kids deserve from the moment you walk into that building. Hey, just like I say, every episode of this show, you could be a leader of learning no matter who you are, where you are. Uh, anyway, from one doctoral student to another, I don't know how the heck you're writing a book and working on a dissertation at the same time. That's nuts. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I give you lots of props for that. Uh, I give you lots of props on everything you're doing. Congratulations on all your success. And of course, good luck to you in the future. I, I would love to see you at ASCD Empower. I, like I said, I'm a little up in the air, but um, maybe we can meet up there. And uh, man, just thanks for your time tonight. Thanks. Oh, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, love you. Love the show. Love everything you're doing as well. And uh, you know, hope to see you in Chicago. That'll be a good time. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did recording it with Ryan. My thanks again to Ryan McHale for giving me that time and coming on the show and, and providing some really, really great bits of knowledge and expertise and experience. I realized at the end of the interview that I forgot to ask Ryan to share his uh, social media handles and his contact information, so I will do that for him. If you want more information about Ryan, the Pondering Education blog, podcast, website, whatever, uh, reach out to him at PonderingEducation.com. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at PonderEducation, and he has a great Facebook community that is also called Pondering Education. Again, my biggest takeaway from that conversation was the piece about overcoming imposter syndrome and understanding your place, your role in education as an agent of change. And really, as leaders of learning, isn't that what we're always striving to do? There were so many other things that we touched upon in the interview that I think are extremely important in terms of advancing education, but those will be episodes for another time. Thanks again so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.